Shalom to all. Today's office bubble comment off memo. We are starting about the 11th line at the two dots with the words Tan Rabbanon. And today's office sponsor, Lili Nishmas, Mars, Miriam, Sarah, Basri, Yaakov, Maisha, Her Neshama, Shadahavan, Uliyah, and Lili Nishmas, Rabbi Yechmiel, Mardachai, and Rabchaim. His neshama should have an aliyah. Now we learned that Bezin will appoint an apetropos for Yisoyimim, in particular, to watch their shore that doesn't damage. So I think we're telling us, Rabbanu, we have a brisa, apetropos and mishalman in aliyah, ve'em mishalman kaifer. Now apetropos will pay an aliyah, which means if a shore under their responsibility to watch, they're going to have to pay from karka. That's the idea of min aliyah. However, they do not have to pay kaifer if this shore kills somebody. They're pater from kaifer. As the Mantano kufar kapara v'yasmi lav bnei kapara nenu, who's the tana of this brisa that holds a kaifer as a kapara, and the Yisoyimim are not bnei kapara, and that's why kaifer does doesn't have to be paid because Apatropos is just a representative of the Yusayimim and the Yusayim don't need a Kapara for their short killing because they're Ketanim, they're under Bar Mitzvah. That's why they have an Apatropos in the first place. And so that's why Kaifer doesn't need to be paid. So again, who's this Tana? So Rabbi he answers, Rabbi Shmuel Benesha Rechon Rebrekah, he is Rabbi Shmuel, the son of Rabbi Yechon Rebrekah, the Tanya of Abraisa. The Pasuk about Kaifer tells us, and he shall give a redemption for his soul. And this is referring to the owner of the Shar Hamazak giving redemption money, in other words, Kaifer. Now, what type of money is he paying? The main Nizik. According to Tanakama, he's paying the value of the Nizik of the one who is damaged. He says, mazik. He's paying his own value, meaning the owner of the shar is paying his own value. So Gemara says, What are they arguing about? That the kaifer payment is mominous. It's a compensation for killing the nizik, and that's why the payment is based off of the nizik's value. Whereas he holds kufr kapara. The kaifer is just a kapara, which means a kapara for the mazik that his shar killed. So we see the manda Amr of our is Rabbi However, Amr Papa Papa says, Lord, that's not true. The kuli kufr kapara. Everyone agrees, even the Rabban hold that Kaifer is a Kapara. Over here in this new Brisa that's quoting the Pasuk, what do they argue about? Rabban hold We just evaluate the payment based off of the Nizik's value. Whereas he holds the payment is based off of the value of the Mazik. But again, according to everybody, Kaifer is a Kapara for the Mazik. Now we just analyze my time with Rabbanon. What's Rabbanon's reasoning that we go based off of the Nizik? The answer is The Pasuk says, which means placing below in a later Pasuk. And says the word shisa above. And in regards to kaifer, the pasuk says kachal asher yushas alav. And in regards to a person who struck a pregnant woman and he made her miscarry, it says the pasuk kasher yashas alav balu isha. So we have these two similar shayinus. What do we learn? Malalon b'denizik. Just like over there, we're talking about the nizik, meaning we're talking about the pregnant woman. The payment is based off of the nizik, the one who is damaged. Afkan b'denizik. So over here, when we're talking about kaifer. The payment is based off of the one who is damaged. Now Rabbi Shmuel Benisha Reichum Reikasavar. He'll explain that v'nosam pidyon afshiksev. The pasuk says that he gives the pidyon of his own nefesh, and since the mazik is paying. For for redemption of his own soul, so the payment is based off of how much the mazik is worth. Now, Rabbanu, they would respond to that, that in, yes, it says that it's a pidyon for his nefesh, meaning the mazik is redeeming his own soul. However, how do we evaluate this payment? The valuation is based off of the value of the nizik. I think Rav was saying many praiseworthy things to Rav Nachman about Rav Achabar Yaakov, that he's a great man. So, Rav Nachman told Rav, when he comes to you, bring him to me. So, guess like a baby, Rav Achabar Yaakov Came to Rav Nachman, Armelay Rav Nachman told him, Be'emine Milsa, ask me a question. So Ba'emine asked him the following question. Shoshal Shnei Shutfin, a shore owned by two partners which killed somebody, Ketz Mishalm Kaifer, how do they pay Kaifer? Mishalm Hai Kaifer, Vahai Kaifer, does each partner have to pay Kaifer? Well, that doesn't make sense because Kaifer Echadam Rachmana, Voloy Shnei Kaifin. The Tyrus says that one Kaifer has to be paid, not two Kaifers, and Hai Chatzi Kaifer, Vahai Chatzi Kaifer. You want to say that each person only has to pay half of the Kaifer? Well, Kaifer Shalim Amrachmana, Voloy Chatzi Kaifer. The Tyrus says that he has to pay a full Kaifer and not half a Kaifer. So how the Yosef become Ayin Ba, while Rav Nachman was sitting in 
thinking about this question, Amrulei Rachel Yaakov asked him another question. Tanan Mishnah says, Someone who's chayved to pay an erech, he promised his value or somebody else's value to the Beis Hamikdash. So we're going to take a mashkin from him to ensure that he pays it, and that's because since there's nothing to do with kapara, afraid he's not going to take this payment seriously. However, someone who's a chayv to bring carbon chatos or asham in a mashkin son, we're not going to take a mashkin from them because since he's getting a kapara through this carbon, wouldn't have to be afraid that he's not going to bring it. So here's the question: Chayv a kaifer mai? What about someone who's chayv to pay kaifer? On one hand, kimi the kapara who since the kapara for himself kechatsav asham dami, it's like a carbon chatos and asham, and therefore machmer chamer lave he's going to be very chamer on himself, and we don't have to take a mashkin from him because we know he's going to pay the kaifer. I don't know, perhaps, since he has to give his payment to his friend, this is just like a regular momentous payment, and it's not being paid to the base of Mikdash, it's not a carbon, and maybe it's not very strict on him, and therefore, we would have to take a mashkin from him to ensure that he pays kaifer. Alternatively, we could say, since he didn't sin, it was just his momentous that damaged, it was his shar that killed a person, he didn't kill that guy, it's not going to be very important to him, and maybe we should take a mashkin from him. So Amrulei Renachman told him, Shavkan, leave us, meaning don't ask any more questions. Iskar B'Kamaisa, I was already closed off from your first question, meaning you already got me, I don't have an answer to the first one, so you don't have to continue asking me more questions. I think we're going to continue with we have a two-part b'raisa. Let's say Shalai B'cheska's Tam, Vinim Tzamuad. Reuven borrowed a shar from Shimon, and it was B'cheska's that it was a Tam. He assumed that it was a regular plain Tam shar, and it turned out that it was a Muad, and it damaged while it was by Reuven. So Ba'am Shalom Chatzinezek, V'shalom Shalom Chatzinezek, the owner, Shimon, he has to be Chatzinezek, and the borrower, Reuven, he also has to be Chatzinezek. The second part of the b'raisa is, what Veshel, let's say, became a Muad in the house of the borrower, Reuven, and then he returned it to Shimon, the owner, and then it damaged by the owner, Ba'am Shalom Chatzinezek, the owner pays Chatzinezek, Veshel, Pater, Maklum, and the Shell is Pater from everything, he doesn't have to pay anything. Now he analyzes Armbar, the b'raisa just said, Shalom Chatzinezek, Tam, and it's a Muad, let's say he borrowed it, Chazaka, thinking it's a Tam, and it turns out that it was a Muad, and then it damaged in the Rishos of the Shell, of the borrower. Ba'am Shalom Chatzinezek, Veshel Chatzinezek, the Ba'am have to pay half Nezek, and the Shell has to pay half Nezek. And here's the question, Valmai, why should that be? Meaning, why should the borrower have to pay? Lemelay, why doesn't the borrower tell the owner, Tur Sheili, I borrow an ox from you. Ariela Sheili, I didn't borrow a lion from you. In other words, I only intended to borrow a plain Tom ox, but you gave me a Muad one, which is like a lion that I have to watch. And I never intended to borrow such an animal, so I shouldn't have to pay anything for the damage that it did. So I'm Rav. Rav answers, Hachmaiskin, what are we talking about over here? Shehikar Bashu Nagchan. That the Shail, the borrower, he realized it was a Nagchan, that it had this goring nature to it, even though it wasn't a Muad, but still, he knows that he has to watch it because it is a Nagchan. But the market is asking, why doesn't the borrower tell the lender, Tam Sheili, Muad Sheili? I borrowed a Tam and not a Muad, and therefore I shouldn't have to pay Chatzinezek. So the answer is Mishum Da'amrele because the owner could tell the borrower, Saif Saif, E Tam Hava. At the end of the day, if you did borrow a Tam, Palganiska Ba'is Shlume, you would have had to pay Chatzinezek. Hashanami now also Zil Shlim Palganiska. You should still pay Chatzinezek. Still, the borrower can tell the lender, E Tam Hava, Mishtal Megufai. If it was a Tam, the payment would come from the Guf of the Shar, but now that it's a Muad, it's not coming from the Guf of the Shar, and I have to take that money out of my pocket. So still, I don't want to pay. The more answers, Mishum Da'amrele, that's because the lender could tell the borrower, Saif Saif, at the end of the day, wouldn't you have to pay me an ox? In other words, you're right. Let's say you did borrow a tom. So the payment's going to come out of the body of the tom, which means it's not coming out of your pocket. But since you had borrowed that shard from me, you would have had to return a shard to me. So either which way, you'd be paying money. Either you'd be paying for the nezek out of pocket, 
or you'd be paying for the shor out of pocket because my shor was taken away for the nezik that it caused under your jurisdiction. But the marketing is v'nei malay. Why does the borrower tell the lender mem bezan tav im tamu? If it was a tam, maidina would have just been maidah that a gourd umiftarina and it would have been putter because chasi nezik is a knas and if a person is maidah of knas he's putter and vafil mandar apaganes kumaina. Even according to the man Amar, the chasi nezik is really a mamanis payment and admitting to it is not going to putter him. Still nei malay, the borrower could tell the lender itamu if it was a tam havam irikin alei laagma. I would have chased it away or sent it away to an aga to a swamp, and then the shor wouldn't have been in my rishos to be able to collect payment from me, and since the nezik of Atam is collected from the guf of the shor itself, and the shor is not here, it's somewhere in a swamp, I, the borrower, would have been part from paying. But now that it turns out to be a muad, even if the ox is not here, I still have to pay for it, because the nezik is not mishtal and mugufai. And this seems to be a very good time that the borrower has. The more answers, you're right. El what are we talking about over here? Going to aknim beidin The bezin preceded everyone and grabbed the shor for payment, and therefore the borrower doesn't have any taina. He can't say, oh, I would have chased the shor away and wouldn't have been here. Bezin was really quick, and right after the hezek happened, they grabbed the shor, and so that's not a valentina, and that's why the borrower has to pay chatzin hezek. Ask the gemara if that's a situation that the bezin has the shor. Why does the owner have to pay chatzin hezek? Why does the owner tell the borrower? You've caused my shor to be taken by someone whom I can't bring to din. So the answer is because the borrower can tell the lender. If I would have returned the shor to you, wouldn't they have taken it from you? So either which way. You would have had your shard taken away because of the damage. So it's irrelevant where Bezin got the shard, me or you. As a more of an MLA, the lender could still tell the borrower, yeah, Dartini LA, if you would have returned it to me, I would have sent it away to a swamp and they wouldn't have been able to take it away from me. So the Gemara says, because the borrower could tell the lender, so if safe at the end of the day, love my Aliyah, have Mishtalme, wouldn't you have to pay me to Aliyah? Since anyway, this is a shard muad, the payment isn't being taken from the guf of the shard, and therefore, even if you chase your shard away to a swamp, you still would have to pay for this. So the fact that the Bezin took it away from me, says the borrower, is not of any consequence to you. And that's why you, Mr. Lender, are chayv to pay for chatzin ezek. But the Gemara continues analyzing this taina. This is only good if he has other nechasim. Meaning, if the lender has other nechasim other than this shor, so the borrower is right. Even if the lender would have chased the shor away to a swamp, Benzin would still be able to collect payment from the lender because he has other nechasim to collect from. But what a matter of situation where the lender doesn't have any other nechasim. The only thing he owns is this shor, and if he chases away to the swamp, then there's no way to collect from him. So the answer is no. We should because the borrower can tell the lender. The same way that I'm a shubba to you, you're a shubba to that guy. Meaning, even if you do have a tine on me and I owe you a shar because your shar was taken away by Bezdin, still, what's happening here? I owe you a shar, but you owe that guy payment because your shar damaged that fellow. And what does it turn out like? Midrab Nasan, just like Rab Nasan. The time you have a bride, Rab Nasan, Rab Nasan says, How do we know if one fellow barred from another guy, and another guy barred from another guy? So let's say Ruvain barred from Shimon and Shimon barred from Levi. How do we know that we're going to take from Ruvain and give that money to Levi and skip the middleman Shimon? Because the Pasuk says, And this throughout Kumar is called Shibudid Rab Nasan. And over here, it's the same thing. The shar was taken away from the borrower by Bezdin. And even though the lender has a good taina. If you would have returned it to me, I would have hidden it so Bezin can't take it away and I don't have money to pay, so I would have been off the hook. But that still doesn't help him because the borrower is chayv to the lender and the lender is chayv to the nizik. And because of Shemud Yerav Nason, we would just take away from the borrower and give straight to the nizik. And now analyzing the second part of the Brisa, which said, if it became a muad in the house of the shayl, and he gave it back to the bailim, and then it damaged the the owner only has to pay and the shayl is part from everything. Now, what do we see from here? Safer, Shosh Mishana. Then the safer holds with Shosh Mishana. Then when the shayl 
changes ownership from one person to another, from the borrower to the lender, that changes its status and it goes from being a muad back to a tam. However, Reisha Rishos Enemashana, the Reisha is telling us that Rishos Enemashana, that even though it's changing Rishuyas from the lender to the borrower, still retains his din as a muad. Now, and as we already know, that's a problem. We want a Brisa to be consistent. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Yechon Rechon tells us, Tavra, you're right, it's a problem. However, Mishashana Zula Shana Zu, whoever taught the first part of Brisa didn't teach the second part of the Brisa. Now, Rabbi Amarabba says, Midresha Rishos Enemashana, Seifa Nam Rishos Enemashana. Since Rishos is holding the Rishos Enemashana, that just because it changed Rishuyas, that does not change its din, that's the same thing in the Seifa. However, Seifa Hanu Taimo, what's the reason in the Seifa that the lender only pays Chatsi Nezek and the borrower doesn't pay anything? That's because Mishum to Amr Lay, the lender could tell the borrower, You don't have the power to make my shar into a muad. You're not as invested as watching it as I am. I'm the owner of the shar, so I'm going to make sure it doesn't turn into a muad. But you don't really care if my shar turns into a muad. So therefore, the fact that it gored three times in your shows doesn't turn it into a muad. Now, if Papa, if Papa gives a different answer. Since the Seifa tells us that Rishos Mishana, the Rishos is also telling us Rishos Mishana. I had Smashman the Rishos, the Rishos is not Mishana, because we said it went from the lender to the borrower and it still retains its status as a muad. So, what's the reason in the Rishos that it still retains its status as a muad? That's because Mishum the Chalmakam Shahilech, wherever the Shar goes, Shame all of all of, the name of its owner is on it. Even though now it's by a borrower, when people see the borrower walking around with his Shar, they say, Oh, that's a borrowed Shar. That belongs to so and so. And therefore, when it does a damage, it's still considered a muad, because in a way, it's still considered to be in the Rishos of the lender. And the Warkatim's explained the mission. We said Shar had started in Echaiv Misa, a stadium Shar, or nowadays we might call this a rodeo Shar. They killed a person is not Chaiv Misa. Usually, if a Shar kills a person, it is Chaiv Misa. However, since this Shar was provoked and incited to kill a person, so we're not going to kill the Shar. However, the Gemara says, he probably asked the following question What about bringing the Shar as a carbon on the Mizbeach? Could we do so or not? On one hand, it killed somebody and wouldn't want to bring an animal like that as carbon. On the other hand, it was forced to kill somebody, so maybe we could bring it as a carbon. So Rav Amarav says, Kasher, it's Kasher as a carbon. Ushmul Amar Pasal, Shmuel says, it's Pasal as a carbon. Rav Amar Kasher, Rav says, Kasher as a carbon. Anus who? Because the Shar's an Aynes. Ushmul Amar Shmuel says, Pasal, it's Pasal carbon. That's because Harry never by Avera, and Avera was done with it. It killed somebody, so therefore we can't bring it as a carbon. But I think we're asked, Mace we have a question from Brysa. Now let's just read the Pasuk inside. The Pasuk tells us, Speak to them in Israel and tell them, Adam Kriakar Mikem, Karban Lashem, if a man is going to bring a carbon to Hashem, Mena Behema, from Behema, Mena Bakar, from cattle, Mena Tsoin, from sheep, Takrivos Karban Chem. So now we dash in all these words. Min Behema, what does that tell us? Lohaitis Arevevesanerva, this excludes if an animal sodomized a woman or was sodomized by a man, that animal is not only brought as a carbon. Now, really, that animal should be killed. However, we're talking about where it was done without Adim, or maybe only one aid, and therefore it's not killed. However, it's still not only brought as a carbon. The Pasuk continues, Min Bakar, what does that tell us? Lohaitis Anevad, this excludes an animal that was served as a Vaidazaro, that's not brought as a carbon. Minhat Soin, the Pasuk tells us, this is excluding an animal that was set aside as a carbon for Avaidazaro. And the Pasuk says, Uminat Soin, with his extra vav, what does that tell us? To exclude an animal that gored and killed, we're not going to bring that animal as a carbon either. Now, Rabbi Shimon, Shimon says, if it says an animal which was sodomized is not going to be brought as a carbon, so why is it saying it's both the same thing? They're both Chayv Misa technically. Each one has something unique to it that the other one doesn't have. Revea, we're dealing with the whole topic of Revea, also by Aynas Karatzain. We treat Aynas like Karatzain, meaning in the case of Nirva, when an animal was sodomized, even though that happened against the animal's will, we still treat it like Karatzain, as if it was the will of the animal, and when there was Adim, we're going to kill the animal. Whereas Nagach, why also by Aynas Karatzain? In the case of Nagach, we don't treat Aynas like Karatzain. Rajim continues, Nagach, what's a Chumar by Nagach? Mishalam Kaifer. The owner of a shard that killed has to pay Kaifer. Whereas Revea, in Mishalam is a Kaifer, Revea doesn't pay Kaifer. Lefikach, therefore, Hotzachlemer Revea, Hotzachlemer Nagach, that's what the Pasuk has to say, both Revea and Nagach. So now we analyze. Kanan Mias had any right to Brysa taught Revea also by Aynas Karatzain, Nagach, Loy also by Aynas Karatzain. That by Revea, we treat Aynas like Karatzain, but by Nagach, we do not 
treat Aynas like Ratzain. But my in regards to what halacha do we say that Nageach, Aynas, is not like Ratzain? Laval carbon is in regards to a carbon, meaning if an animal was Nageach a person and killed them, but it was because of an Aynas, he was provoked or incited, such as our rodeo shar, then it's allowed to be brought as a carbon. So Gemara says, Lie, that's not what the brands are talking about. Look, Tala, it means that we're not going to kill the shar. And Ochanam and Sabra, it's actually logical to say that, Diamond the carbon, if you want to say it's allowed to be brought as a carbon, well, you said that Nageach loy asa by Aynas Keratzain, then in case of Nageach, if it does so by Aynas, it's not treated like if it does a Beratzain, well, Lav Aynas the Pasuk doesn't talk about it doing a Ba'inus or doing a Baratzain. So it can't be that we're talking about bringing it as a carbon. It must be when the Brasus says that we don't treat a Shar Nageach, a person, Ainus, Karatzain, that's in regards to killing, meaning if it kills a person, Baratzain, we're going to kill it. But if it kills a person, Ba'inus, because it was incited at the rodeo by the Matador, we are not going to kill it. But in regards to bringing it as a carbon, we don't have an answer. I think Mark continues, Omar, we had just stated, Nageach Mishalam is a Kaifer, Reveh is a Kaifer, that if a Shar was Nageach somebody and killed him, the owner's going to pay Kaifer. Whereas if he was Reveh a woman, the owner's not going to pay Kaifer. What's the case? Even if you want to say the rib of a katla that he was revealed the woman and he killed her in the process, what's the difference if he killed her with his horns or if he killed her by sodomizing her? Vel rather you want to say the rib of a katla that he was revealed her but he didn't kill her? Well, the reason why the owner doesn't pay kaifer is not because it's some sort of chedesh or some sort of leniency, it's just because his animal didn't kill the person. Amar Baya Baya answers, really we're talking about where he was revealed the woman and he did not kill her. However, she was then brought to Bezin, Ukatlua. And Bezin killed her because of his act that she performed with the animal. Now, my Tema, you might have thought, Mem Alpha and Alpha on top, Kimanda Kotodami, it's as if the animal killed her, and that's because of the act that the animal did with her, she got killed. So maybe it's like the animal killed her, and therefore the owner of the animal should pay Kaifer. Kamashman, the Chidish is, in this scenario, the owner of the animal does not pay Kaifer. Now, Ravam or Rava gives a different answer. Lailam really derived a Katla. We're talking about where the animal was revealed her and ended up killing her in the process. That was you asked. What's the difference if the animal kills her with his horns, or if he kills her through this act of being revealed her? The answer is Karen Kavanasil Hazik. When he kills her through Karen, his intention is to damage her and hurt her. And that's why the owner has to pay Kaifer. But hi, when he's revealed her, Kavanasil Hazatzmaihu. The whole Kavanasil of the animal is just to have benefit and not to harm the person. And that's why the owner doesn't pay Kaifer. Asking where my plea is, so in regards to what are they arguing about in this case, in regards to the case of an animal that did a Hazak of Regal by stepping on a child in the Chatzar Hanizik, is Kaifer paid or not? Remember, if Regal is done in the Rishus Rabim, there's no Chiyuv. But if Regal is done in Rishus Hanizik, so there is a Chiyuv of damages. But what about Kaifer? So Labai, according to Labai, Mishalim Kaifer, the owner would pay Kaifer, whereas Larava, Lam Mishalim Kaifer, the owner would not pay Kaifer. Nothing more just concludes, Hanik Basu Jirav, we have a brass just like Rav, that proves that a shar that killed Ba'inus is allowed to be brought as a carbon, and the brass says, shar, it's Dodin, a stadium shar, or a rodeo shar, ain't a chayv misa, it's not chayv misa for killing a person, but kashal gav mizbech, and it's kashal rather mizbech, it's allowed to be brought as a carbon, because it's like it was forced, and therefore it's allowed to be brought as a carbon, and that's a raya for Shitas Rav. We're going to stop it for the day and pick up tomorrow with the brand new Mishnah, for now. Everyone should have a wonderful day.